At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, welcome everyone to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove. And sadly, uh, the super producer, Jason, is uh, not with us again today or tonight or whenever you're listening to this. Um, he's still uh, he's still not 100% or ready to, uh, to join me, but uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. So keep, uh, keep, keep him in your prayers. Um, but... Uh, I want to introduce today's guest. Um, it's always great to have on uh, fellow podcasters. Um, and I won't even hold it against him that he's holding a Tim Hortons cup. Um, since I'm a loyalist to Dunkin' Donuts and he and I just had, to, had a really thrilling discussion on coffee between the, <laughs> you know, so be thankful I didn't hit record and, and subject you guys to that. But joining me today from a really cool podcast, The Phantom Faction, is Dan Hammond. Dan Hammond, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. It's always nice to be a, a guest for a change. <laughs> so, but now you're going to have to do all the work. Right, you're gonna have to. Oh, gonna, I don't have, have to, to come. I don't have to think of the questions though. Right, <laughs> I don't have to have. I don't have to have those uh, long awkward pauses and where I'm trying to think of something. So it's it's all good. That's all on you. That's all on me. Okay. Well, it's I'll try not to you. be too. I'll try not to be too awkward. But and even our... and even if you are a Dunkin' Donuts guy. You know. <laughs> oh yes. Yes, and see now I'm kind of I'm kind of jonesing for some Dunkin' Donuts coffee, <laughs> even though you, I think your exact quote was it tastes like mud, but I will not. Well, <laughs> maybe maybe the Canadian Dunkin' Donuts tasted like the mud. Ca- yeah, we'll blame it on that. We'll all, it on all, that. all two franchises that they had years and years ago. <laughs> uh, well, well, Dan. So tell our listeners a little bit about <clears throat> yourself. Um, because I know some stuff about you, and I mean, um, I'm excited for our listeners to hear all the different types of experiences you've had, hear about your podcast, and hear about your uh, your book. Yes. So, so let's so let's get into how you got into the paranormal field. Well, so I got into uh, the paranormal as a hobby about five years ago. Uh, I grew up in a haunted house. Uh, I had some terrible experiences as a kid, a small child. Um, and I pushed it all away. 
uh, for many, many years. And about maybe about five years ago, I was at a friend's place. And I don't have cable or satellite. I got rid of it a long time ago. If it's not on Netflix or YouTube, then I'm not watching it. Uh, you know, just because I didn't want to spend a hundred bucks a month for 900 channels and nothing to watch, right? So, man, oh man, see, you're <laughs> making me feel real guilty now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you got you got three satellite dishes on your roof. No, but uh, oh. I wish I wish uh, Spectrum down here only cost a hundred dollars a month with oh. nothing to watch. <laughs> well, it goes to show you how long it's been. But uh, I was over at a friend's house, and he's one of these guys that has every channel under the sun. And he had to run out to do some errands. And he, he threw me the remote. He said, here, watch some TV. I'll be back. He said, grab a beer, whatever. So I turned the TV on. And the I didn't have to flip through anything. Uh, it was the show called Ghost Adventures. And I'd never heard of it. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, this, this looks interesting. And here's these three knuckleheads you know, banging around in the dark and screaming at every little thing and, <laughs> and running out of the buildings and using all this crazy equipment. And I thought, I'd like to do that. I thought, that that's really cool. Uh, so I started asking, and, and I did had no idea that there were paranormal investigative teams. No idea. I thought it was, really? all, on, it was, it was all on TV because it, it wasn't a thing in my life at the time, right? So I, I knew, like, I knew there was people that banged around the bush looking for Bigfoot and, you know, people looking at the skies, looking for UFOs and stuff, but never really, th never really thought about the ghosts. And, uh, so I was talking to my neighbor a few doors down uh, about a house on our street. Um, so I live on an old golf course. Uh, it was, uh, the subdivision I'm on was built in 1973. So the original clubhouse it's old stone, you know, limestone building is still there and it's a house today, but you've got all these subdivision style homes around it. And I said to the, my neighbor, just as a joke, said, oh, that place must be haunted like crazy. And she looked at me and she kind of went, you have no idea. And I was like, really? And she says, oh yeah. She says, it's, it's so haunted. It's like blood coming out of the floorboards haunted. <laughs> and I was like, holy cow. And, what, what kind of golf do you guys play? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like full, full contact golf. I guess. Right? I guess so. But uh, well, it's like so. hockey, right? You gotta, yeah. Like, you got to put some fighting in there or something. But uh, I was like, really? And, and it, it kind of dawned on me. Like, I never saw anybody in this home. I never saw anybody cutting the grass. Everybody, you know, anybody coming or going. So it just had like that weird, you know, mystique to it, right? It's like, you know, that creepy house down the street with the old lady, but you never see her, but you see her silhouette, you know, in, oh, the, yeah. window, in the window kind of thing. So, and then she says to me, she says, oh, I have a friend who's a paranormal investigator. And I was like, you're kidding me. And she's like, yeah, we've got a, a team in town here and they go around, they, you know, go banging around through people's homes and museums and all sorts of things. So I connected with this uh, young lady, her name is Michelle. And ever since that moment, when I connected with her, uh, I just started having crazy uh, incidents in life, uh, adventures, like my own ghost adventures. <laughs> um, I also discovered that I had some clairvoyant abilities. Um, and we, we can get into that more later. But everything, yeah, every, yeah, every, yeah. everything has happened within the last five years, like, like this paranormal team, I've written a book, I've got a, a podcast, we're going on three years now, 
I've been on three paranormal reality shows, uh, just all sorts of stuff. And I, I'm in my town, I'm known as the ghost guy, right? Like I'll walk well, there's down. A lot, there's yeah. a lot worse things you can be known as. But that's, that's right. That's, that's right. Good. But I'll walk down the street and people will go, oh, you're the ghost guy. Right, because I've hosted events where we've where we've showed uh, where we've done uh, investigations at local museums and other you know uh, historic sites in town, and people have come and we've shown them all of our evidence, our EVPs, some of the photos we get, that sort of thing, and I'm the ghost guy. So, like you said, that's not that's not a bad thing. No, no, and uh, it's a, it's a it's a good conversation. I mean, like you got to be the most popular guy at a party if they if it's in town because you got the best stories who, oh, for, who else for, has got better stories oh for I sure and, and i worked in a, a correctional facility for 18 years as an officer so it's it's either ghosts or inmates right <laughs> yeah or hot or haunted jail stories too right there you go there you so, go yeah <laughs> yeah i um the the clairvoyant stuff um since you mentioned it, why do you think, okay, was that something that you didn't, that you knew you had, I mean, how does that just all of a sudden one day you say, oh, I, I think I'm clairvoyant. Is that something that you may have had and just kind of pushed to the back? Or once you started opening your mind and becoming open to the possibility of ghosts and spirits and everything else that well, let showed me, itself? Let me start at the beginning and uh, and it'll all come together. Okay. So when I was three years old, so I grew up, I was born in Toronto, uh, actually Rexdale, which is like a suburb of Toronto. And my dad grew up in like downtown Toronto and near the, the old stockyards and, you know, and he always had a dream of getting out of the city, having some land out in the country, you know, where all your neighbors are hundreds of yards away and farmlands and forests and all that good stuff because he grew up like with 11 brothers and sisters and in a tiny little house and wanted some space yeah wanted some, <laughs> wanted, space. Wanted, wanted, wanted some, wanted some quiet time right so they found this house uh out uh, in an area called caledon east and it was a little bungalow a race bungalow four acres of land and my mom and dad fell in love with it and they bought the place so we moved up there when i was three years old and right after moving in, um, I started having terrible, terrible nightmares, like nightmares that a three-year-old shouldn't be able to come up with. You know, it wasn't like the, mm -hmm. you know, the, you know, like the, it wasn't like the lump of laundry in the corner looked like a, a bad guy, you know, when you turn the lights off or it wasn't like the monsters under the bed or the boogeyman in the closet. I was having dreams where it was like endless fields of of uh mechanized like cogs and and uh almost like the inside of a swiss watch right like all these things turning and okay. yeah that's and, like and, uh oh, that's a bizarre. crazy like science fiction type of uh yeah it was almost like a almost like a steampunk kind of thing right yeah but in these fields or these machines my father would be in like stuck inside and he would be get, getting uh, decapitated, his limbs getting torn off, eviscerated. And like, what kind of three-year-old has nightmares like that, right? Like terrible a future, stuff. A future serial killer. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Give me time. Give me time. <laughs> so uh, 
like I would wake up screaming and hyperventilating and my poor mom would come running in trying to calm me down. And she always said I was looking at the man in the corner. And she said, and I will always be pointing saying there's a man in the corner, man in the corner. Of course, my mom can't see anything. But uh, these nightmares went on for years. Um, like with, with some quite some frequency, right? So, and there was other things going on in the house that, that weren't only affecting me. Like we would hear footsteps on the roof. Um, it was, you know, it wasn't a raccoon, it wasn't a possum. Like it looked, sounded like a man's heavy boots on the roof. Uh, the thermostat would move on its own. Uh, it got to the point where my dad uh, screwed uh, two screws on the wall on either side of the, the needle because he was tired of the house being bloody hot or bloody cold. And then one morning we came out, the needle was on the other side of the screw. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay. And the washing, the washer and dryer would turn on by themselves. And when I was in the basement, uh, in the family room, uh, you know, doing whatever kids do, play, watch TV, I would always see this shadow person out of my peripheral in this doorway to what we called our music room. We had a piano in there. Uh, my dad had a big... Uh, uh, eight track player with you know the big the big speakers that we used to have like the big oh, yeah. huge things and we found out later that the owner of the home had killed himself in our basement in that room in the music room that used to be his bedroom and that's where I would always see this shadow person and we found out later that I looked just like his son the neighbors told me that I was a spitting image of his son and he used to abuse, beat his wife and his son. Oh, okay. So we think that he was taking out his rage or, you know, this anger that he still had out on me because he might've thought I was his son. Right. And I don't think that he knew he was dead. So, uh, he was a, he was a drunk, uh, a drug user, like, like, a probably pills back in the day. Um, And he committed suicide by overdosing on pills and alcohol. So So maybe he didn't intend to, 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 well, well, the neighbors said he killed himself suicide, but yeah, he might've just taken it a little too far. Right. But I think, I think when they did an autopsy or a toxicology or whatever, they found like a ton of pills in him. So usually people with a headache only take one or two pills. Right. They okay. don't take they don't take the whole bottle. So that would that would indicate to me a suicide. I got right? you. I got you. Yeah. So when I was 13 years old, 13 or 14, my mom and a good friend of hers went to a psychic in Toronto. And do you remember Lauren Green? Oh, remember, yeah. Remember yeah. from Bonanza and Battlestar Galactica. Oh, yeah. So he, Canadian actor. He's from Toronto area. And he used to go to the psychic all the time and raved about this guy so my mom and her friend got wind of this psychic and they said oh let's go let's go to this guy and you know have some fun and my mom was into that sort of thing um so when they spoke to his wife on the phone to make an appointment she said bring pictures of anybody you would like to for him to pick up on and when you walk in the room place them face down so he can't see them so like okay so my mom gets her reading and then he says, he pauses and he looks at me, he goes, do you know you have a ghost in your house? My mom was like, yeah, you know, 
what else can you explain the footprints, the or the, you know the footsteps on the roof, uh, the washer and dryer coming on, the man in the corner that I kept pointing at and screaming about. And he says, yeah, he said, uh, you need to get rid of this guy. He says, he does not like your son. And he reached over and grabbed my picture and flipped it over. So it was a picture, there's a picture of me and then there's a picture of my sister. I mean, he had a 50, 50 chance, right? But <laughs> I mean, but it could have been two girls, two boys, you know, it could have been the picture uh -huh. of the, do the dog and cat, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> so he connected us with a, a lady uh, by the name of Carol Davis. I think she, she, well, I mean, she's probably been passed on for many, many years. And she was uh, this little lady from uh, Wales. Uh, she lived, you know, had moved to Canada. And he said, she'll get rid of him for you. So we made this appointment um, for her and her assistant, who used to be a university professor by the name of Ian Curry. Um, and he left um, the university to study pa paranormal full time. He was that interested in it and de devoted to it. And while the two of them were driving to our very rural home, like down dirt roads and surrounded by farmers fields and forests, this spirit knew they were coming and, and psychically attacked him while he was driving. And he, and he had to stop the car and turn to her and say, you got to get this guy off me like now. So she did whatever, you know, whatever uh, Welsh voodoo <laughs> or, uh, you know, <laughs> she did. And all I can picture is the, is the old lady in uh, poltergeist. Go to the light, you know. Yeah, go to yeah. The well, <laughs> this lady was was short, but not that short. <laughs> but uh, they got to the house, and it's my mom and dad, my sister and I, and this this lady and this this gentleman by the name of Ian Curry are sitting across from me on the and they're on the couch, and she starts to do her thing, and I've I've never seen anyone do this since, but. Uh, she channeled the spirit that was in the, our house. She became him. Like she let him use her as like a, a gateway. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like a speaker, like she became. Yeah. yeah. And her whole body changed. Her voice changed. Like her voice went deeper, like a man's. She like, uh, she came all like drawn in on herself. She leaned over she started like retching like dry retching and like like a drunk right and swearing like a trucker like i won't repeat it on the <laughs> on the podcast here but <laughs> you you can imagine this the foul stuff that will come out of an alcoholics you know an angry alcoholic's yeah. mouth right yeah. i mean there, there's happy alcoholics out there too but uh she became this guy he was talking through her her voice changed her demeanor changed her whole body uh I don't even know how to explain it. And this gentleman, Mr. Curry, I guess he could, I guess he had developed some clairvoyant abilities as well. And he kept saying, do you see that man in the light? He said, you need to go to that man in the light. He'll help you. He'll take the pain away. And this spirit thought like he didn't know he was dead. He was in a total state of confusion. And he thought he was in a hospital. He thought he was like in a detox. And he thought that the man in the light, like at the end of the tunnel, was a doctor. And he wanted nothing to do with that, right? 
he's like, oh, I like, I like my drunken state. You know, I don't want detox. I don't want to, you know, sober up. But they just kept pushing at him and pushing at him. And as soon as he went through the light, she came out of her, whatever she was doing, her channeling. And it was almost like, and I wish I could bottle this sensation because I'd be a, a millionaire. It almost felt like you were like wading through a swimming pool your whole life and someone drained the pool for you. Or, really? okay. or, you, ha- or you had like a 90 pound backpack on and someone just said, here, let me take that off. And because when I stood up after she was done, I felt like a million bucks. Like I felt so light, so energized, so good. And my dad did as well. So I guess this guy was affecting him uh, as well in some way that he wasn't aware of. But it just felt fantastic. You know, I'm 13, 14 years old. I'm like, holy cow, like what's going on here? Like I never experienced anything like that in my life, right? And uh, she taught me a way to, uh, quote unquote, close my doors. She said to me, she said, because apparently, and, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later too. They, these spirits can come back if they want to. And if you open yourself up to them, it's like you're, you've got a fishing line with a hook reeling them back in. So at the time, I was just getting into the horror movies, Stephen King novels, uh, you know, scary comic books, the whole thing. And she said, you need to stop watching these movies. You need to stop reading these books until you're 21 years old because you will open yourself up to him and he can come back and he can just start doing the same nonsense that he was doing before. You know, when you're a 14-year-old kid, you're like, ah, you're killing me, right? (laughs) But, but, and she taught me how, and I guess I figured it out later as an adult that she, I was closing my chakras right? She had me do it before I went to bed. And as soon as I woke up every day and I did it for years and years, and that was to keep any negative uh, energies away. And I want to say it worked because he, he never came back. So, and uh, you know, like I can still see, uh, you know, her vividly to this day sitting across, you know, and my dad wasn't much of a believer. Like I thought he was going to, grab her by the scruff of the neck and throw her out the front door. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but, uh, but it was, it was, that was the start of my paranormal journey, I guess. And then I just kind of, kind of put it off um, or just kind of put it aside and didn't really think about it. And, and there have been times where like, I see spirits all the time. Right. And like, I've been, uh, like I said, a, a correctional officer, so I've, I've seen things inside some of the jails. Uh, we, we take inmates to the hospital a lot of times for medical appointments or whether they slipped in the shower, that kind of thing. And, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? And uh, I've seen spirits in hospitals, uh, but I didn't, it doesn't frighten me at all. I just like, oh, okay. Like I remember taking an inmate to the hospital and he was there for quite a while. I forget, he was having some issues. And he, uh, so I'm looking inside his room because I'm staying in the hallway outside the door. And uh, there's this little girl. She's like eight or nine years old in this little dress sitting at the end of his bed. The spirit. And later on, a few hours later, he starts talking about his daughter that passed away. 
And I was like, oh, and he started describing her. And I'm just sitting there with my mouth shut. And that's but, her biting my tongue and it was her and she was visiting her dad in the hospital right oh my and did and, and he's now did he see her the no. same as you saw her no my partner didn't see her because he was in the room um but i looked in i was like oh look at that little girl now now at that moment okay are you like man should i tell him that his daughter was here checking up on him or do you just, you know, do you, I mean, what do you, aren't you te- like, wouldn't you be tempted to do, I mean, cause well, sometimes in some respect I, that might make somebody feel really good. Yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't know what to make of it. Like, I, you know, I mean, I could see her, but nobody else could. So, and he had already told it or. Yeah. Or I'm trying to remember if he had already told us about her. Or, or I can't remember. I didn't want to upset the guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's still a human being, right? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. still a, a dad that lost his his little girl, even though he's an inmate, right? But, you know, I don't, he was in for like, I don't know, something petty, right? But uh, yeah, I just kind of, I kind of kept my mouth shut about it. And I didn't know how my partner would react to, right? So you get back to the jail yeah. and all these guys think you got to screw loose because you're seeing dead people at the hospital. Right. I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are open to that sort of thing, but in that locker room mentality of, of working in the correctional system, it probably would have just gone south on me. Right. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Just th- think how you could mess with those dudes in there. Say, Oh yeah, we'll sleep tight. <laughs> yeah. You and your butt, you know, you could, man, you could really mess with the officers or the inmates or both. The, both. <laughs> Mess with the inmates, like, yeah. hey, lights out. I wish you could see who's in the cell with you. Oh, and, man. What are you talking about? What are you... Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you could you could mess with them anyway. Say, oh, did you know a, a guy died in this cell last week? You know, ah. but, but that that's mean. That's mean, right? <laughs> so, so yeah, so you, okay, so I can imagine. So there you are having basically experienced firsthand a haunting and then some real real people coming to sort of do something about it and then you turn on and see see ghost adventures and like oh, that's nothing like what i experienced mm. you know how did that how did that kind of uh, go through your mind there what, what what did you how did you process that like how's that compared to what i went through uh well, I think a lot of times when they're like when you're watching Ghost Adventures and these other shows, Ghost Hunters and Ghost Brothers, um, the people that are experiencing these things. Oh, I my, did uh, see. I saw. See it. that? Yeah, yeah, I saw. It. <laughs> so, <laughs> for your listeners, uh, so somebody's trying to get get our attention. Uh, yes, there's a lot of times when I'm hosting my own podcast where we get visited by spirits that are connected to the people that we're interviewing and the lights will flicker and I'll see things. So you'll sometimes just see a little orb go by the screen. So, but getting, getting back to your question there, um, I think if a lot you of the, see somebody behind me, don't say anything. All right. <laughs> um, the people that experience things, I don't, I don't know. Like, 
some of them are really bothered by it. Some of them are like, eh, whatever. Like they accept their, their hauntings and some people love it. Right. They're, so I, it all depends on the, the attitude of people and their, their mental states. And I think, I really think the ones that are really bothered by it can really energize these spirits. Like they feed off energy, right? Because mm-hmm. we're all we're all made of energy. They're made yeah. of energy. Because yeah. you can't you can't destroy energy, no matter how hard yeah. you try, right? Yep. So, but the thing that ex, that I ex, like, and you see, like I love watching Ghost Adventures, even if you know it's whatever, you know my you know <laughs> whether it's a little bit uh, exaggerated or or whatever. Um, these guys always come in. They say, "Oh, we need to help these people. They need our help." But after they do their investigation, they just pack up and leave. It's not like they did anything to clear the home or, you know, sometimes they have the uh, the priest there. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, or they have like a, a medium come in. But for my situation, uh, I dealt with it for years and years and years until finally someone said, yeah, you got to get rid of this guy. So I don't know if we had never got rid of him. Or like if, or if my mom had never gone to that psychic and he said, Hey, you know, you, you've got something at home. Like who knows what would have happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, it could have got worse or it could have just stayed the same. Cause we stayed in that house until we were, until I was about 19 or 20 years old. And then we moved, but uh, I don't know. Like I've never really thought about that before either. So well, what, hey. what, what kind of impact it might have had on me or, or my dad or anybody else. Right. Well, and if you could, if you felt it immediately as that energy, okay, left. Oh yeah. Because that, because that's what that's what it is. It's some it's a negative energy, and we yeah, and you pre- can an oppressive negative yeah, energy, right? Yeah, and you can feel that. I mean, it's like, um, you know, when you go outside before a storm's coming, and you can kind of feel that For oppression sure. and that energy. That's you know, here comes some you know, because it's. Uh, so imagine every day, like how that would affect you when you were down yourself. Okay. And you come home and, you know, maybe something bad happened to you at school or does it push you over the edge when you get home and you're feeling more negative energy? You know, you wonder how it affects you mentally, you know, just because if you could actually feel it being lifted, then, imagine what it was doing on a daily basis oh for sure like i said i felt like a million bucks like yeah like it's like i was living in a, a swimming pool of, and someone drained it right yeah so i mean but the, i guess like since i was being affected uh and i guess my dad a little bit and i am the one who has the experiences i guess at an early age, like, I, I wonder what would have happened if that lady said, uh, you know, you don't have to suppress anything. Just keep on, keep on going. Right. Yeah. Because like years later, like we were talking about, uh, before we were recording, you know, I, I now I've got all these weird, uh, clairvoyant abilities. I don't even know what I call them, but, uh, did I always have them? And I just, because you were them? because you were closing off your shock yeah 
Yeah, yeah. just cl- closing my doors is what she called it, right? Like I've heard people say they they've blinded their third eye or yeah, or, you know, and it's probably a similar uh, thought process as to you know whatever you know your mm. your extra sensory ability that you have. Now I do want to, so I want to ask you this because. So you say you go into places and you see ghosts and you see spirits or, or whatever. How do they appear to you? Because I, I've asked this of other, to other people because of my own experience with seeing a ghost and how it appeared to me. So I'm wondering, how, how do they appear to you when you see something? Uh, so most mostly I see them as an outline. Okay. Like you, you can see that there's an outline in the air. Sometimes I will see them, you know, like the, you know, the typical Hollywood ghost where they're like 40% there, you know, you, you could throw your shoe through them or kind of walk, fade, walk kind through of, them. Kind of a fading picture yeah, of something. Yeah, okay. for sure. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen any in full color because there's been so many, right? Um, a lot of times I, I, I see shadow people all the time. Um, shadow people love me for some reason. Like they follow me home like crazy. I don't know what it is about me, but uh, I'm always <laughs> I'm always having my house cleared by a, a very good friend of mine. Um, and she's like, what's with you and these shadow guys? Like, and they're, I mean, the, probably one of the most uh, uh, vivid spirits I've ever seen was in a park in my hometown here and it was it was he was from it was like from the navel down to his feet it looked like a, a pair of pants the bottom of a shirt a pair of pants and shoes walking like no torso and you can see <laughs> oh it was crystal clear and the lady i was with uh, one of the members of our team she saw it as well so okay. i was like i was like oh that's fantastic right because after a while you're you're always like if you're the guy that sees things all the time in your paranormal team and nobody else sees it you know then after a while they're probably like oh this guy's just making this stuff up right <laughs> but but we both we but we both turned and we looked down the path and there was these it looked like a black pair of pants with shoes and a little bit of white shirt like just above the belt walking through the bush and we were oh, looked at it it was like yeah it was wild and i was like oh man that's awesome right like when I see them, I don't I don't get afraid of them. Like I and I've seen some wacky, crazy, non-human entities as well. Over the, oh really? Oh, okay. oh yeah, over oh. over the years. So uh, oh yeah, I've had some I've had some wild experiences. But uh, yeah, they're usually outlines, or I'll know they're there, but I can't see them. Like you sense them, right? Okay. So. A funny, a quick, funny story. A few years ago, uh, I went to a uh, a psychic reading. It was like this guy. Uh, he's from England as well, but he's really good at what he does. He's like booked solid for like three years, four years for appointments, and he had this uh, talk at a coffee shop. This big, beautiful old coffee shop, and I I was the first one there because I hate being late, and I sat in the back. Because I wanted, you know, to to scan, you know, your correctional background. You're the guy with the back against his wall. You want to see everybody coming in the door. So the place filled up. There's like 80 people in there. And here's this guy. He walks in. 
and he starts weaving his way through the the chairs and he stops and he turns his head like an owl you know looks right at me and he goes you deal with the dead just like i do and all these people turned and they're all looking at me and i'm going uh what you know he says you see them don't you i'm like yeah he says and even when you don't see them you know that they're there don't you and i was like yep and he just kept on walking and he said come see me when you're done <laughs> he just kept on going so <laughs> like that was that was a really weird experience but uh and i said to him afterward i said who like who told you that he says oh the spirits were telling me like make sure you you talk to that guy over there like me so i was like oh well, that's kind of neat so yeah but <laughs> i really enjoy it right uh good because because that would be i mean listen i you could either be tormented by it or you can enjoy embrace it i mean because if unless you can whatever turn you know turn yourself off again and just ignore because i got a feeling that um even if you they'd still be trying to make their presence known even if you had you know you were turned off a little bit. They wouldn't right. they still be trying it because they would still know that you could see them or hear them if they could get your attention. Well, for sure. Cause we all have the, that little antenna that we put up, right. That little signal. And that's why some of them are, are drawn more to people like myself or maybe people like you or. No, no, I have know. no signal, no signal, no well, signal we'll, going on. We'll, 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 we'll have to, we'll have to work on that. <laughs> that's okay because and, and, and i and i asked that question because i i i the experience the one real experience i had with a ghost was and i didn't know that it was a ghost until i asked where the person i had just seen was because i and it was at the post office i it came was back that, it in. was that clear was it oh i thought it was a little girl standing there by the oh, desk wow. and she and she smiled at me Oh, I, and, I, I do not trust little kid spirits ever. Well, and I ever, <laughs> and, but this is, she was standing, she was standing right beside the, the supervisor sitting at the desk. I'd walk the, the truck driver walked out. There's a clerk and I go over to my case and I'm like, lean back on. I said, Hey, where's, where? and I thought it was the supervisor's daughter. Cause I had never met her. And I'm just like, well, where is where's your daughter? And she's like, my daughter's not here. And I go, there was a little girl standing right there. Mm. And if I hadn't asked, okay, if it had been one of those, you know, days where I needed to get out of the post office and get home, I'd have thrown my stuff down left and just thought that that was her daughter. Cause yeah. it, it did not look like an outline or half of a person or anything. It looked like a, a real live person. I mean, I couldn't see through this, this person, nothing. Wow. And, um, so I asked, uh, another psychic medium that we had on and she, you know, I go, so how often does a regular person, because I don't think I have any kind of ability or anything. I just think that was just some random, you know, I don't know. Somebody wanted to show themselves to me. Like, like if you go to, uh, the mall or, well, malls don't even exist anymore. Uh, if you go to like, uh, <laughs> Cedar point, like we go to Cedar point up here where the, like how many, how many 
people are you seeing that aren't really there? Maybe sitting on a park bench or, you know, staying. How many, how many of those people are not among the living, but are present themselves as the living. And you just don't know. Cause you just walk on by. Yeah. You never you know? know. Unless they're you wearing know? like some weird period piece, yeah. you know, yeah, dressed exactly. kind of funny. Right. But, but even like, uh, so say I was at Cedar point or Disneyland or something like that. And I'm using those examples as places that would be just full of people. They could have a period dress on and you'd think, Oh, well, they must be doing a show in the old West town. Yeah, <laughs> you, for sure. you know, yeah, for sure. you know, that. you know, so I just, it, because, um, I think somebody like you or, um, like some would have that sense that, okay, something's not right here. You know, there's like a, you know, going off on your antenna, but like the average person who doesn't have that and may just be able to see that. I wonder I just always wonder, like, how many times do we pass by somebody and just think it's a person and don't know any different? Yeah, you, you know? never know. You never know. But, you know, ghosts are everywhere. Spirits are everywhere. Like, we could, I mean, I, I don't know if you're an investigator or not, or you just do no. the podcast. But uh, I guarantee I could go into any home in North America, Canada, the U.S., wherever, do some EVPs and get something because, even, because even you're like, going, you're going to have loved ones around you. You're going to have, you know, grandparents, uh, aunts and uncles, maybe a buddy from high school that passed away years ago. And they're going to be there. Like I've seen spirits at restaurants. Like I saw what I saw what at Subway. Like I oh was, boy. I was eating my sandwich <laughs> and, and there was one standing near the till. You know, and I, and I was joked that maybe the guy's like, oh, I wish I could dig into like a 12 inch roast beef, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or now I've seen, them, I've seen them in restaurants and pubs, uh, hospitals, office buildings, parks, right? Like it just now, said. Now, do they always know that you can see them? Probably. Do Probably. they, do they always try to, do they try to, cause I've heard, uh, you know, we've had people on who said, you know, they try to hide from the people they know that can see them. Mm. Now, do do they have you ever like seen somebody and then they kind of like, oh crap, you can see me, I need to slink away, or do they get try to get your um, attention, or they just hope you know? You do get that the, the peek around the doorway a lot. Uh, I hope I hope my wife never listens to this podcast, but <laughs> like in my basement, my family room here, uh, in my alcove out into the you know to where the stairs and and everything else is i see spirits there all the time and i don't know if they're family or just spirits you know from the neighborhood that are looking in on me because i've got this signal up but i get the old peekaboo around the corner all the time every day and i don't acknowledge i don't acknowledge them you know sometimes i'll look at them and you know i'll see the outline of somebody or or i'll see a dark shadow go by but i'm just like hey whatever so I'll tell you a story. Uh, these, these shadow, these shadow people. I had a spirit. I think it was a male spirit, um, like a dark, not I, I'm like dark. I'm not talking like satanic, but like dark yeah. clothing or whatever. Kept going back and forth between the couch where I was sitting and the TV, and I was getting annoyed. And I finally paused the TV and I said, "Listen," I said, "Either sit down and watch the show with me." or bugger off. And Shane, I swear to God, I could see this 
spirit walk over to the couch and sat down beside me. And I said, and I said, there, now sit your ass down and quit bugging me, you know? And I, I talked to a friend of mine who's a really, <laughs> who's a really powerful psychic medium. She's like, oh, don't ever do that. She says, you're inviting them into your home. And I'm like, he was already in my home. I said, he was, pissed, he, was, he was pissing me off. I was trying to watch whatever. So I told him oh. to sit down and he did. So. Boy, what, if the, what if the ghost doesn't like what you're watching? That's what... Then go haunt someone else's house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. and so, so you wonder like, now do they, are they able to communicate with you or you just see them? Uh, and know they're there. I do get messages sometimes. I'll get names. I'm really good with names. Like, you know, if you, if you and I were talking and, and I'd say, hey, who's, like, who's Jason, right? And you might go, oh, that's my my uncle who passed away. Or, or you know, or I'll go, who's Mike? Oh, that's my, my dad. Now, be right? careful saying Jason on our show because everybody's uh, going to think, oh, my God, did Jason just <laughs> No, die? no, Jason. <laughs> If you're listening, don't, don't go into the light, buddy. But uh, because because like that, like do you do you just want to say, dude, what are you doing? Like, what are you like? Was he going back and forth because he he was trying to hide or he was trying to get to? No, it's like he was like it's like he was pacing, like like back <laughs> and forth, and finally just like I said, sit down or bugger off, right? Oh boy, that would. But uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> And sometimes I get flooded with images, especially if we're doing like at a, at a place uh, um, doing an investigation. And sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't work at all. So I'm not sure if I'm doing something wrong or, you know, you got to be in a, a certain state of mind or, or open up, but I don't know. Like I'd love to do it professionally. You know, I'd love to charge a hundred, 150 bucks an hour to do readings <laughs> for people. But, uh, but you don't have that. So, so would you, okay. So if you woke up tomorrow and you couldn't see a ghost anymore, would it, would it make you sad or would you be like, hmm? uh, I think so. Cause I kind of like being that guy that can see dead people. You like being the ghost guy. You yeah. Like being, I, I like being <laughs> the ghost guy in my town. Right. <laughs> So, and I'll, I'll freak, I'll freak people out. Like sometimes if we're like in an old pub or an old restaurant, like a steakhouse or something, and I, and I see some, somebody moving around, like I'll go to the waitress and I'll say, Hey, what's with all the ghosts in here? And there's their faces. Cause they'll be like, Oh my God, we see stuff all the time. Or, or what are you seeing? Right. And so, <laughs> or they'll be like, oh, we don't like going into the basement to get our supplies or whatever. And, you know, because there's this nasty spirit down there. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, oh, is this name like Randy or Russell or something? And they were like, oh, yeah, that's the old owner. Like he, he died 20 years ago and blah, blah, blah. So, but like, but like I said, I don't know how it works. Uh, I'll, I'll have to figure it out one day. I, wow. I mean, that's just, it's very, it, it just see, I mean, I don't know that I could, I don't know if I have the nerve to, you know, because the cut, like I said, you know, I, I saw what I thought was a person. And you said that about, um, like there's a, there's a restaurant in Delhi in our town that I go to a lot of times for lunch on the mail route. And I, and it wasn't that long ago where I walked in and, 
I could see like, you, you know, where you walk in, you could see I was going to the bathroom and I could, I saw somebody flash across the hallway, mm-hmm. go into the bathroom. I walked into the bathroom and there's a motion on, you know, it's a motion light that comes on and the light was on and there was nobody in there. And I would have, you know, I'm looking as I walk. So I would have seen if somebody came back out. And so I'm like, oh boy, did I just, that's a spirit for sure. Yeah. So I walk back out and I know the people that own it. It's a super popular place. And, and, uh, I went up to the, to pay for my stuff and I asked the cashier, I said, so I said, uh, you ever see the, the ghost that's back there in that? And she goes, what'd you see? She's like grinning and goes, what'd you see? Mm-hmm. And here, what's weird is, is that this restaurant place is in one side of the parking lot. It originally was on the other side of the parking lot, burnt down and they rebuilt it. And it's like, so it's on the same property, but it's, it's kind of like, you know, 50 yards away. And so what I got out, I finally got out of them was that they see that they think this is a guy who it's named after and he was actually a mailman too and would come uh his family owned the place and he would come and cut me it's a bratwurst place and he would cut meat after his mail (laughs) after his mail route and they said they they kind of think that that's him like he's in the back and he's always walking around like Mm. back where he would be working and he, if, saw, and he saw a fellow postal carrier and he's like, hey. I have no idea. But but I, every time I walk in there now, I'm like, sometimes I'm almost, I don't want to look up. Because I don't want to. Without, you know, without, without saying anything, do you know his name? His first name? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does yeah. start with an R? No. No. No, but if you're saying the name, it has a big, it has a, it has an R. Mm. Well, I don't think I, well, I guess I gotta be honest. I don't know what his first name is. I know what they called him. You don't have a, you don't have a, a Roy or a Rory connected to you, do you? Hmm. No, no. Okay. Don't, uh, sometimes names just pop in my head and I got to ask, right? Don't, yeah. Don't. So. Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm, who's who's you know, that? Who's the guy standing behind you? There's. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There's nobody there. I'm no, kidding. that's good. But I, so I always, I, I just want. So it makes me wonder, like, uh, how many people see stuff and just don't, I don't think, realize. I it. think more people see stuff than we realize, or a lot of people don't let on because it weirds them out, or you know they're going to think they're going to get ridiculed or whatever. But I think a lot of people uh, are opening up more to this kind of stuff, like paranormal stuff, even like you know the Sasquatch stuff and uh, the UFOs, and look, look at look at all the stuff that the governments are releasing now. You know, these exactly so, exactly i mean I, and, you can't you can't really prove that ghosts exist can you you really can't well right? because it doesn't you, matter ufos are, ufos are a lot easier because these fighter jets have cameras on them yeah and, you know but you but it doesn't it doesn't matter because no matter what evidence you present there's always going to be somebody that yeah, yeah. that is a naysayer however um 
you know, I think there's a lot more. Uh, and when we started our podcast, we kind of found out that either somebody had an experience or they knew somebody that had an experience. There's, it's not like there's, I know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. It's oh, yeah. either you had one or you know somebody that had one. There's one degree of separation most sure. of the time. And it's either you want to, um, you're either comfortable talking about it or, <clears throat> and I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you get this too, because I've heard Wes uh, mention it, some, is that there's a lot of people who, who come on, you know, get a hold of me that have stories to tell, but they just want to tell me the stories. You know, they don't want to go on a podcast. They don't no. want to tell anybody else. They just want to get it off their chest to they someone just want, who will listen, right? And um, I mean, I did convince the one guy. I'm like, listen, because where he lived, I'm like, listen, listen, you need to t- if you can muster up the courage, you need to tell the story because. We need to know if this, if other people are experiencing this. And I, and I don't think, um, until people understand as good as it makes them feel to get it off their chest, imagine if you're the person that is listening to the show and here's the same sort of experience that somebody else had yet. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm not crazy. This other person had it mm-hmm. that, that you, you're not making just making yourself feel better. You, the odds are, you're making somebody else feel better by telling your story. And mm-hmm. um, that, I mean, that's that's the only way we're probably ever going to get to the bottom of some of this stuff is is the, getting more people to share their experiences. For sure. Know? I mean, there's a guy we just had on the we had on the show from uh, Southern Ohio who had a crazy big you know, kind of a crazy Bigfoot experience. And he, he was messaging me last night. We were kind of talking and he's friends with a guy, works with a guy who had a literal face to face, like, and he's okay telling him the story, but he's like, man, I don't want to go on that show. I don't want to go on the show. And he's like, listen, you don't understand. This would be a great thing to share. And he's like, I, I just don't, I just don't want to do it. Maybe you can tell my story. You can yeah. tell my story. But it's, but it also is so traumatizing, I'm sure, to people. Yeah, depending um, on your mindset. Like because ghosts are ghosts either, are one thing. Yeah, ghosts you, are one you thing. either really accept it and go, yeah. holy cow, that was amazing, or you just block it out of your head and go, I never want to talk about that again. Right? Yeah, and and I think is a is a human being it's probably easier to accept especially if you're religious okay you you have to almost um believe in ghosts and spirits and stuff that's what it's based that's what our religion is almost based upon that there's an afterlife and that we're spirits mm-hmm. but when you start talking about but it's a lot different than what the bible says right like the stuff no, that i that i experienced yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah but and that's a whole other podcast right <laughs> yeah so yes but at the same time you're open to that possibility of us dying not being the final chapter of sure. our existence right. but when you start talking about a eight foot monkey running around out in the woods that's not supposed to exist and then when you talk about UFOs, you kind of think, yeah, they're there, but the government will take care. <laughs> the government will take care. Or the <laughs> or a lot of people say, oh, they're not extraterrestrials, they're fallen angels, they're demons. You know, it's like, eh, I don't think so. 
this, we live in an infinite universe and for us to think that we're the only ones here that's pretty ignorant thinking right like why, why why couldn't god you know whatever you believe in the universe why couldn't it or he or she have created other planets with other people other beings right like why why stop at yeah. us right yeah we're well, certainly we're certainly not perfect well we're well as a species we're pretty arrogant and we, so oh yeah, yeah we think we're the center of the universe <laughs> exactly but, i uh, mean i know enough people that, that if that was the case there's all kinds of more <laughs> there's all kinds of universes oh then you start getting into the interdimensional stuff and the, the mandela effect and all sorts of <laughs> wild stories but you know what it makes for an interesting podcast and topic and right oh, oh you, definitely you'll, you'll never run out of uh or you and i will never run out of uh um, <laughs> con content exactly exactly so. but but it, there is a couple so there's a couple experiences that i uh um i do want you to touch on and one of them is your run-in with a quote-unquote little person mm. i knew you were gonna ask me this one <laughs> so this i'm fascinated I'm fa i think if anything is real as far as um it's the little i mean if you what else can you uh, attach the stories to fairies and gnomes and trolls to i mean those there's got to be little people throughout history that well um, and it's 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 a huge thing in some cultures right like in yeah. ice in iceland yeah, absolutely uh, people build little homes for them they put them out in their backyards they uh, they deviate roads because yeah. they think there's a, a gnome or a troll or whatever living yeah. places yeah, like even in newfoundland if there's a big culture of fairies and there you, go. you know yeah. and, and people and we've talked to people and said oh yeah we used to play with them when we were kids and wow well, oh it's my like God. it's like what <laughs> you know <laughs> but so this me this happened uh way before i even got back into the paranormal or interested in ghosts or or anything and it's a story i kept to myself for a long long time because i knew nobody was going to believe me right it's one thing to say oh yeah i saw a ghost or whatever but when you say you saw like an 18 inch tall little guy standing in the bush, people are going to go, okay, dude, like what have you been smoking? Right. But this happened, I'm going to say maybe 12 or 13 years ago, I was coming home from work. It was about three, three 30 in the afternoon, beautiful sunny day. And this road, this highway that I drive up, uh, it, it's it's part of the Niagara Escarpment, and I know that won't mean a lot to your listeners, but it's it's kind of like a, a rocky, hilly uh, area, and there's a cave system at the top of this hill, and there's hiking trails, and people go up there, you know, on their bikes and take their dogs for walks and all sorts of stuff. And I've never been in there because, you know, never had any reason to, but I was driving northbound on this highway. It's like a two two lane highway like a country road almost but it's paved and i i've got the window down i've got my arm hanging out it's a beautiful warm day and i looked over and it's all bush like hardwood forest and i looked over and there's this guy this man he's about a foot and a half tall standing in the ditch like 
amongst the tall grass and the ferns and everything else. And like right behind him is the forest. And it's really close to this cave system. And I looked over and he's got, he almost looked, because uh, I know you're going to ask me to describe him. He was wearing like, and this sounds so cliche, like a deer skin hide vest, uh, these red furry arms, like it was like squirrel, like red squirrel fur. Okay. And and he, you know that uh, you know that that ventriloquist Jeff Dunham, yeah, you know with the terrorist, I kill yeah. you that guy. So you know his old man, Walter. I think it's Walter. Okay, yeah. the old man puppet. This guy looked like Walter, but with black hair. Like he had really, he almost looked like Native American, Native Canadian. Okay. Or, or Eastern European, like those hard features, the big cheekbones, the squinty eyes, and his hair was like jet black, and it was receding, like like the puppet Walter, like you know, it, like I swear <laughs> he looked just like him. And I looked over, and we locked eyes. He was looking right at me, and I looked at him, and in my head I'm like, what the hell am I looking at? And, and you know, of course I'm driving home, and there's other cars in front of me, so I had to turn my head to make sure I'm not gonna rear end anybody so i looked real quick to the front of the car and i looked back he was gone and i was like what the hell did i just see and i kept that to myself for the longest time like years and years and years and then i met another gentleman from my area who who told me about seeing this little person and i go can you describe him and i never told him about my sighting he says well and this is hours away from where we live like he was he was actually on a a, a sasquatch uh, expedition all by himself and like uh, a few hours east of here and he said well he he was walking down this trail and he stopped because he he noticed something to the right of him and he looked over and he said there was this little man about 18 inches tall just had his his son or his face to the sun, you know, like you stop and he just gets like some rays for a second, enjoying the, the, the warm breeze. And I said, what, what do you look like? He said, oh, he's wearing a deerskin jacket with these red furry sleeves. And that's exactly what the guy I saw was wearing. <laughs> but he said he was also wearing a cap, like a, like the Robin Hood style cap. Oh, I get you. Yeah. And I said, what did you do? And he says, I said, hello. And he said, as soon as he said hello, like this, like he startled this little guy, took him by surprise. Because I don't think you can sneak up on these little people very easily, right? He said he freaked out. He he ran behind another tree and he started uh, like like uh, snarling at him and shaking his fist at him. And he thought, oh, he said, I need to get the hell out of here. He says he's going to have 50 of his closest friends show up and <laughs> you know, oh geez, huh? they're, yeah. they're they're gonna pelt me with uh, little spears and and rocks, and it's gonna be like a a Gulliver's travel kind of thing, right? But after he told me that, and he described this little person, and he was wearing exactly what the guy I saw, I was like, oh, okay, I believe it now. Like, there's no, like when people what's the word I'm looking for? Like when they can, uh, like if you, you and I saw the same UFO, right. Then we can go, Oh, okay. Like 
there's something yes. to this, right? When we can um, C- confirm compare. or compare, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and we hadn't talked to each other before, so there's none of this. Oh, you guys contrived. Yeah, that's where I'm. You know, there's no you know contriving the story. So it was it was weird. And uh, you know, we've had people on on the show. Um, a lady named Robin Moonshadow. I don't know if you've heard of her. She's no. She's been on a ton of podcasts and. She's like an expert on little people of the forest. And she's, really? she's, oh yeah, she's caught like, she's got like little footprints, photographs, all sorts really? of cool stuff. Oh yeah. She's a, a very interesting lady. So she, wow, talks, about the, she talks about the puckwudgies. Oh yeah. And the, the goblins and the trolls and all sorts of stuff. And you know what? The, the, the legends have to come from somewhere. That's what, that's kind of what right? we always, that's what we always talk about is especially the, the little, the little people stories and there's so many different incantations of them. And it's like, well, there has to be a basis to that. There has to be an origin story and some, um, it has to be based in some sort of truth. Mm-hmm. Now, whether however many hundreds of years later, anybody remembers that, you know, which they don't seem to, uh, unless you see one. <laughs> and then even then, I mean, like you said, you, you, you really have to do a triple take to, I mean, cause like a little person compared to seeing a nine foot tall, 800 pound creature, you, you don't want, you're going to buy that probably the Bigfoot type mm-hmm. size because, um, you know, there's animals like that. You know, you just, there's, there's other things that you can experience that are that massive. Right. But there's nothing living in the, that you can wrap your mind around living in the woods or out in nature that's a foot and a half high, dressed yeah, no, in clothes. Yeah, no that, kidding. That that just doesn't. That's even way farther of of a truth to try to to try to grasp. Yeah, and, and you know, who knows? They might be interdimensional. You know, they might be. Who knows? Magical. For lack well, of a better word, well, to, to hear the native the Native Americans uh, t- talk about them, um, they obviously oh have for been, sure have been around or part of their culture, too. and they and they had nothing to gain from no. telling from telling those stories, right? It no, wasn't like they, it wasn't like they were going to get picked up by Inside Edition or you know, <laughs> Entertainment Tonight. And, oh, I hope and, I get a show. You know, hope yeah. I get a show on the Travel Channel. Right yeah, after exactly. uh, Josh Gates, and it's going to be in search of little people. In uh, search of little people. Well, you know, it's uh, oh my gosh, that would be a one of a kind show, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, it absolutely would be. Um, if there's any producers listening right now, <laughs> Shane and Shane and I will will be that the two guys that go tromping through the bush looking for little people. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely, because like I said, I think. It really freaked me out the whole idea because, um, I mean, you, there could be one under the desk right now. I wouldn't even, you know, nope. until he already had a hold of me. Mm-hmm. I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know. So the other thing I wanted to, um, I really wanted to touch on is, uh, and I think it was in a message you sent me about your clairvoyance in Bigfoot. Oh, okay. The, uh, the remote viewing. Yes. So this is one of those things that I couldn't figure out 
how it works. Uh, it doesn't work all the time. Uh, if anybody, so remote viewing for people who might not know, it's, it's not the same as astral projection. Astral projection is almost like when your spirit leaves your body, you like mm -hmm. fly like Superman across the sky kind of thing. I've been trying for years to try and do it. No success yet. Uh, it's on my bucket list. But remote, <laughs> remote viewing is almost like where you take your subconscious, you put it somewhere else, and you can mm -hmm. see things, but you can still react in real time. Like there were times where I'd be re remote viewing a home looking for a spirit and my friend John was doing the same thing and we're and we live two hours away and we're texting each other we're like oh do you see the spirit in the in the in the bathroom or the one that just ran into the laundry room and like oh yeah we're texting each other but we're still can slip in and out of uh the remote viewing so I'm a member of uh, Ontario Sasquatch and it's a uh the Sasquatch research team based at a North Bay, Ontario, which is about four hours north of here, uh, north of Toronto. And they get a ton of Bigfoot sightings up there. Um, so the gentleman who runs Ontario Sasquatch, his name is Peter Smith. He asked John and I, my other, my other friend who he used to be on the podcast um, until he had to leave. Um, he can, he has some crazy, abilities as well like the remote viewing and so i didn't know that peter had asked him to do it at the, at the same time as he asked me so i i in this room just over my shoulder here i, I sat down in my big lazy boy uh reclined myself and i think it was uh i want to say it was the fall spring or fall I, I'm not, I don't remember, but it was, weather was good. There's no, you know, and I think it was around five or six o'clock at night. And I closed my eyes and I told myself, take me to this location that uh, this Peter Smith had asked me. And at first I was above the trees looking down and it was, everything was full color. I could see rocks. I could see water. I could see the tops of these trees. And uh, oh, I yeah, it was the fall because I could see the colors, the fall colors. I remember that now. Sorry, it was like September or October. And I found myself standing on the forest floor. And it wasn't it wasn't in color, but everything was in like black and white. But I want so it's really hard to explain. So the sky was black. Like I said, it was like six o'clock at night. You know, the sun doesn't go down till 8.30, 9 o'clock in the fall, I think. Um, the trees were like a cobalt blue. Um, the leaves were blue. The sky was black. It was almost like if you went to a chalkboard with a cobalt blue colored uh, piece of chalk and drew on it. It, it kind of looked like that. Okay. And I don't know if the timing was just right or something drew me in. But to my right, a doorway opened, like a like a regular door, like a rectangular shaped door, like you know everybody has in their home, and it was blue, like this this grayish cobalt blue, and in the doorway, and I, I swear on the lives of my kids, 
there's the Sasquatch standing there. It had the conical head, like the, the pointy type head. And he was looking right at me. And he was not happy. Like he was giving me the, the stink eye, like you wouldn't believe. And he walked out of the doorway and he walked right past me. And I kind of watched him go and he was watching me the whole time. And then I looked because something out of the corner of my eye drew my attention back. And there's this adolescent Sasquatch, like a kid, like a teenager, right? And I'm a tall guy. I'm six foot seven. Um, and this thing, this adolescent Sasquatch that I was remote viewing, like, and they knew I was there. That's, that's the crazy part. And I don't know how they saw me, but they, they knew I was there for sure. This adolescent, he was about six feet tall, maybe five, 10, six feet, came right up to my face. And it was like, you know, you know, see the monkeys at the zoo when they're, you know, they're curious, and they're tilting their head and they're excited. And he was like right in my face, like inches away. And he's just the color blue, like this cobalt blue. And he's like looking at me and tilting his head. And his mother, this, and he had a flat topped head. It wasn't conical. And this mother, well, I assume a female, she was about my height. She came over, she grabbed him and pulled him away. And then three more Sasquatches, bigger than, you know, one bigger than the other, came out of this doorway, which I'm going to call it a portal. And they all looked at me, gave me this like, uh, like this look like, what the hell are you doing here kind of thing. And they walked away, like to my left, and then boom, I opened my eyes and I was like, that didn't happen. I said, there's no way. But it, like, I, I couldn't imagine that. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, like, why would you, like, why would you imagine it? Well, I would imagine like four Four males, a female, and an adolescent, like yeah. in a, a doorway. Yeah, I, I, because I do think they are interdimensional. I think there's they're more paranormal than they are flesh and blood, because you you see photos where people are tracking them in the snow or on the sand, and the footprints abruptly stop. And it's like, well, you're in the middle of a field, like you know, a helicopter didn't pick it up. Where did he go? It just and disappeared, they, right? And I know they do great things physically, but can they jump 50 yards? Well, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I met up with this uh, this crew, the Sasquatch crew in North Bay, maybe about four weeks later. And the one gentleman, his name is Jim. He's been going in there for years, this one location. He gifts them. He leaves them peanut butter. He leaves them chocolate, all sorts of stuff. Uh, he's he's seen one uh, about a nine foot tall one a few years ago and I stopped him I said and I didn't tell him about the remote viewing thing because just like the little guy the little person people are kind of look at you like you've got a screw loose even though you're out in the bush looking for Sasquatch right mm -hmm. like pe people have their <laughs> their limits or their yeah, right yeah. yeah so I said I'm I crazy said, but yeah, you are all yeah, different yeah so I, I said to them I said Jim I said how many do you think are in here and he turns to me he says I think there's four males a female and an adolescent and I was like in my head I was like holy crap that's what I saw four males a female and an adolescent and I was blown away, right? 
So, and I asked John about uh, what he had seen, and he said uh, when he remote viewed the same area, everything was in black and white, not not like black and blue like I saw. And he said he saw one, a big one, like a probably the alpha, and he came up behind him in his remote viewing form, and he said it was it was walking away, and it stopped the moment John said he remote view it stopped like it, it knew he was there and it just kind of looked over its left shoulder waved its hand at him like like you know, if you're gonna swat a fly away from your head and and john was pushed out of the bush and opened his eyes back up in his living room it's almost like it knew he was there and it dismissed him like get away get out of my bush get out of my forest and and you would pry okay so you would surmise that only something that was on a spiritual sort of plane, supernatural sort of, could do something like that. Or would know that I, that he and I were there. Yeah. Well, how right? else would they, unless, and, and I've had this, I've kind of thrown this out here. If we think um, that Sasquatch are human, you know, have a more of a human element than they do animal. Yeah. Well, Okay. If you can remote view and you can see ghosts and we think they're part here, why couldn't they do the so, same thing? So let me tell you. So I stayed at a hotel up in North Bay. And Don't tell me it's a Holiday Inn Express and now you're an expert. No. Okay. <laughs> I think it was the best <laughs> West. I think it was the best West. Okay, okay. But I'm in my room. It's at night. I ordered a pizza. I'm sitting on the bed watching TV chowing down on my pizza and I swear to God, this huge brownish colored shadow thing showed up at the end of the bed and it was pacing back and forth. And it was almost the same height as the ceiling. They're like nine foot ceilings in there, right? Eight foot yeah. ceilings. And I'm watching it go back and forth. And in my head, I went, that's a Sasquatch remote viewing me, checking me out. Because we were in their back, like I remote viewed them. Uh, then I visited them in their backyard, literally. Right. And he, he was coming to tell and, you he and, could and, do the same thing. Yeah. Or he was just checking me out to see if I was to be trusted or if I was, you know, whatever, like whatever goes on in their head. Right. But I, I will swear up and down that they're more paranormal than flesh and blood. They're not so, like, uh, like the Sasquatch community love to, yeah, eat its, eat its no. own, right? They're exactly. like the paranormal community are like family, but when you get the Bigfoot people and the UFO people <laughs> in the same room, well, but it goes, there's, there's going to be a fight. It right? goes to the comment you just said, okay, is that the big some of the Bigfoot people don't want to be made fun of by people thinking that oh my God, we're not just talking about a great big giant ape we're talking about a interdimensional or a paranormal exactly. that's crazy you can't talk like that yeah so but how many how many people say they see these strange lights when they see sasquatch we, we saw them that yeah. same night we saw these orbs going through the trees and we're, yeah. we're watching like these basketball sized orbs going through the trees and, and, but I, the, and, I, and I said well, that's them that's that's the cloaked or or whatever they're the vibrational rate or but i don't consider I don't consider you paranormal. Okay. I'm sitting here talking to you. I can see you. I don't consider you paranormal yet. You can see ghosts and you can remote view. 
so so why why is it a bad thing i mean i know that's how we're you're describing their attributes that we think that they're but but if they can do the same things that you can do and you're still flesh and blood and you have this ability through whatever in your head or your spirit or whatever it, it doesn't make it a bad thing it just makes them more like us if 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 that's what you know, yeah. some of us can do, and not sure. every one of us, you know, and maybe not every Bigfoot can do that. I don't know, but if if you can do that, and we think they are somehow tied to us as far as in the in the whatever uh, chain of evolution that they're somewhere between, you know, what came before them and us, well. They have to have the same sort of attributes that that we especially they don't look like us. So why wouldn't they mentally and spiritually be like? Yeah, for sure. Us. Maybe they see maybe they see ghosts, too. I'm sure they do. I mean, and (laughs) and maybe they thought you were a ghost, you know, when I was remote viewing. them, Yeah, for sure. I, I think I think they knew what I was doing because that one that visited me in the in the hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. Like. I wasn't a shadow person. Like, like what kind of nine foot tall brownish colored? Well, let's hope. Let's hope know. it's not. Yeah. But just like you were annoyed with the dude walking back and forth. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> they, they told him to sit his ass down. Right? Yeah. They're annoyed. They're they think okay, we're we're going from point A to B. Oh God, here's another here's another one of these guys. And and I do want to you know people that listen to the podcast and may not understand they may think remote viewing is just some sort of craziness our government spent a lot of money 28 million dollars the stargate project yes experimenting and don't don't tell me that they they got rid of it oh Uh, i'm i'm sure i'm sure the canadian uh secret intelligence People do it. I'm sure the CIA does it. MI6, you know. I'm I'm sure they all, because you're not the only person that can do it. No, no. (laughs) And I don't, and you know what? No one's ever taught me to do it. I don't know how it works. Sometimes I can do it. Sometimes I can't. Like I've tried so many times to remote view the, the Sasquatch up in North Bay again. Can't do it. I don't know if they're, if they've got something blocking me or... I don't know. Well, one, I, I don't once know again, if you once again, if you can block stuff off, why can't they? And sure. and in in their realm, you might be the same thing as a ghost or a spirit coming to them in right. that form, you right. know. Because uh, who knows what remote viewing really is? But it, it, you can't you can't um, can't just dismiss the fact that it may be your actual spirit traveling through whatever means to another place. And if you can block spirit, you know, you can block bad spirits from entering your space. Mm. Maybe they can block your spirit. Because how else could you, um, it's got to be, just to try to even imagine that, it's got to be something from within your subconscious that travels. It's it's hard to wrap your head around. Listen, I've, I've read some books, um, on, you know, um, we're in some of the stuff we do, you know, we're, you're always big on visualizing something in, in kind of, 
um, making it, no, I don't want to say making it, but if you want something to happen, if you want to uh, produce something, it, as far as like, um, you know, in some of our, uh, some of the things I do, like songwriting and, and the movie stuff, you have to visualize it. Okay. And the more you visualize it and think about it and put it out there, it kind of attracts the stuff that you need to help make that stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, how does that, where does that stuff go? You know what I'm saying? There's, there's has to be some sort of energy field that those thoughts or those feelings or whatever travel, travel to attract back the stuff that you want to come back to you. Cause I do believe that that is when people say the law of attraction, well, that I think that sort of goes into that. You put those feelings or those thoughts out there, and maybe they uh, it's a form of energy that, like you said, you know, connects with other forms of energy. You know, so, you know, how, how else can you explain how you can go and see what's going, you know, see what's yeah. going on? Yeah. Other than, and I have, I have another crazy remote viewing story that I'd love to share too. Sure, sure. So, let's, let's... so I mentioned, so I mentioned my buddy John. He used to be uh, one of the hosts on our podcast as well, but he had to leave because uh, he was just too far into the paranormal. And he's like a magnet for bad stuff. I don't know why. I draw shadow people. He draws things that are even scarier. And uh, so he he uh, was tormented for years by a poltergeist. Uh, a human spirit that uh, would assault him nightly, uh, punch him, smack him, uh, twist his foot to the point where he'd wake up screaming in pain, uh, all sorts of nasty things. It would put messages in his head like, I'm going to kill you, all t- tons of terrible, terrible things. He knew and, my ex-wife? Yes. Okay. yes. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Was, was, her na- was her name Big John? Oh, boy. Yeah. So anyway, like, and this thing, so this thing followed him home from a rental property that he had purchased and he was doing renovations. He was going to flip the house and then it followed him home and was doing terrible things to him constantly for years. And so, and John discovered that he had all these um, psychic abilities as well, like remote viewing, seeing spirits, like he, he could see things even better than I could. And his house was full of terrible, terrible things. We can get into that um, later. So once we discovered we could both remote view at the same time, the same location, uh, we started helping people uh, remove spirits from their homes, human spirits, like not non-human demonic stuff. And like people would contact us, contact us and say, yeah, there's something going on in my house. And, and they would, they would send us photos of the interior of the home. So we had something to base, to base our remote viewing on. And we would go in there and we'd, we'd convince these human spirits to leave and that sort of thing. So the one night John texts me and he says, let's, let's go after this, this other spirit, this, they would call him big John because he was huge massive spirit like taller than me so john says he texts me and he says um picture a house with a a a porch 
you know, overhang porch uh, screen door. I'm in the room. He's in the room to the left. So and it, like I said, I don't know how it works. Sometimes it works beautifully. Sometimes it doesn't work at all. So I closed my eyes and boom, I was on this porch of this house and I went through the screen door and I turned to the left and there's this spirit of this guy in the corner and he's looking right at me like with a holy crap look on his face. Like I didn't know these guys could do that. And in my subconscious form or my astral form or whatever, I went right at him and just started laying the beats to him. I was feeding him uppercuts. I slammed him against the, the, the wall. I threw him on the ground. And then, so I have two uncles that have long since passed, but they are kind of like with me quite a lot. They, they've helped us remove spirits like and their spirits themselves. So I, I've got this guy on the ground the spirit and I'm I'm laying the boots to him. I give him soccer kicks and I look up and there's my two uncles and they've each got this guy one under each arm and they <laughs> they dragged him out the door like like two bouncers dragging a, a, a jerk out of a bar and I swear to God no word of a lie they went like up into the sky like Superman they're holding on to him and they're gone and uh, you know what? And, and the first thing I said to my, oh, and I look over in the corner, the other corner of the room, and there's John standing there. And he's all, he looks like he's winded from being in a fight. And, uh, and we're looking at each other. So we're re remote viewing. We live hours away. And we're remote, we're, remote, we're remote viewing the same location. I just kicked the crap out of this dude, like this dead dude. <laughs> like a spirit we're looking at each other and i opened my eyes and i went man you've got one hell of a imagination like i'm trying to convince myself there's no way that happened john texts me 20 seconds later he says was that he says was that you kicking him when he was down or is that one of your uncles and i was like holy <laughs> cow and i said john i said you're wearing a black t-shirt blue jeans and white running shoes he says yep he says, bang on. And he said, that was wild. He says, watching you lay the beats to that guy. He says, then your uncle's coming in. And I was like, wow. So like we, we literally beat the shit, <laughs> pardon my language, out of a ghost in our subconscious form. And my two uncles who are spirits themselves came in and said, we got this. And they dragged him out of the house, right out the front door, past the porch and threw up into the sky like Superman. And for John and I to look at each other <laughs> while we're doing it, and he and he's saying, like, I never told him anything. Like, he texted me 10 seconds later, 20 seconds later. Was that you kicking him while he was down, or was that your uncle? And me to describe what exactly what he's wearing. That's crazy. Well, it's, you know, because you're even questioning yourself. Like... Yeah, for sure. You have to, right? So I'm like, oh my god, man, that was quite the, the imagination I had. And then we started to describe the room that we were in. Like, oh yeah, there's a fireplace at one end, and there's that bookshelf, and and then there was like, you know, yellow walls, and it's like, holy cow! 
<laughs> and, I, and, and I'm screaming at this guy, the spirit, in my head while I'm pounding him, saying, you need to get the hell out of here. Stop bothering people. Like, you know, and he's looking at me like he couldn't even believe what was happening. Right? Because he knows we're not spirits. Because he's been wow. torment, he's been tormenting poor John for years. And he's he's had a go at me once. So it's wild. Crazy. That that, that is <laughs> That's good. That's great. Holy moly. And that and the Sasquatch remote viewing are the two most profound experiences I've had in my life. Like, just like mind blowing. I I can't even imagine. I mean, and I got a good imagination. Okay. But I just like, I, and I know, like, you know, you can, um, you know, you close your eyes and you kind of think and you meditate and kind of, but when you have somebody else telling you, confirming what you saw in your, in your own mind and your own subconscious, that's mm. just, that's just craziness. Yeah. And looking at each other, right? It's... Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. So John and I, we've, we've had, uh, psychics tell us that we were connected in a past life like like a few times friends or family or whatever um so it was no coincidence that we came together right and he was a client like of the paranormal team because he was being tormented by this this human spirit that was smacking him every night and tormenting the hell out of him and and uh like his house i mean even beyond that spirit he had crazy crazy things in this home like stuff he wouldn't believe but uh but it was nice that we could confirm right he would take a picture like he'd be sitting there watching tv and he'd see something in his dining room or or whatever and he'd take a picture and he'd send it to me and i'd be like oh i said what's that like that's a creepy looking like i could see it in the photo right like i remember uh you've heard of the hat man Shadow person. Oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. he had a nasty visit from a hat man. And he took a picture one night of his the stairs going up to the bedrooms. He says, Oh, look at this spirit or this shadow person trying to go up the stairs. I looked at the picture and I said, Well, what about the hat man in the dining room? And you could see like clear as day, this silhouette of this dude wearing this fedora. And he was like, Oh shoot, I didn't even see him. I was looking at the other creepy thing going up the stairs. Good gravy. Yeah. So <laughs> I've heard some hat man stuff and that's not. Yeah. Um, he, he's, he showed up at my house the one night. Oh, really? Yeah. Because John and I were so connected. They would follow. They would come check me out. They'd go check him out. So, but that's a, there's this thing where they don't scare me. Like the, the area that I told you about where the, the door, the vestibule there to, to go through into the other area of the house. He was standing right there looking at me. And I looked at him and I said, get the F out of here. You're not welcome. And he, he didn't budge. So I got up and I walked right through him. Because I wanted to go upstairs and get a snack or a drink or whatever, or use the bathroom. And I said, and as I walked through him, I said, get out of my way. Just he never, and, he, and he never came back. I'm the boss, right? It's my house. 
And if any, like for your listeners and mine, I tell them about this all the time. If you have something at home and it's making you uncomfortable or, uh, you know, you're just not, you, you, you know, things are happening that you, that you don't like. The first thing is, and I'm a bad example for this is acknowledgement is empowerment. So if you acknowledge them, you're empowering them. So if you have stuff happening at home, if you can ignore it, if you can get your mindset in the right place and ignore it, they can't feed off you, right? You're, you're, you're going to become boring to them because they want your reaction. They want you to energize them like with your, you know, your fear or your anxiety. So you don't give them something to feed off. Exactly. And I know it's tough. Like, especially if you see something like float through the air or something move on a table or you're seeing, you know, blips of movement out of your peripheral, ignore it as best you can. Don't scream at them. Don't, you know, you always hear about people saying, you know, I think if I swear at them and scream at them, then they love that because you're just giving them energy to use. So acknowledgement is empowerment. Ignore them the best you can. <laughs> That's good advice. So, well, um, I, I want to, for, I mean, gosh, we could talk forever, I think. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. I got stories. <laughs> I got stories all day. <laughs> well, I want, uh, speaking of stories, tell everybody about your book. So, uh, I'm with a publishing company called Beyond the Fray. Uh, they're based out of San Diego, I believe. Great company. Um, great publishing company. Lots, and they specialize in paranormal mm-hmm. and, yeah. and true and true crime. And I sent them my book, and it's all about my experiences, everything from you know when I was talking about when I was a little kid to the remote viewing and all sorts of other stuff in between. And I sent them my transcript or manuscript or whatever you want to call it on a Friday. By Monday, they were like, we want to sign you. I was like, holy cow. I thought it was, you know, usually it takes like six months to to a year for them to even look at your stuff. But I guess it just hit at the right time and they were all excited about it. It's called Strange Happenings, uh, a paranormal investigator story. Or you can just type in Dan Hammond in Amazon. Uh, I'm on Kindle as well. And I think it's like 17 bucks. And I want to say it's a great book. <laughs> I've got I've got lots of great reviews so far. And uh, if you love if you love the paranormal and you love uh, you know spooky stuff and you've got I, I mean I've got Bigfoot in there, I've got poltergeist, I have non-human entities in there all sorts of things a ufo sighting well so. if the book if the book is half as good as the stories that you've just shared then it's worth every bit of of 17 18 bucks and then some right and then some so I'll, 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 I'll put you down for a dozen copies then oh sure sure <laughs> sure i gotta awesome. work my, hey i gotta work my day off tomorrow at the post office so that'll uh, easy i can buy there you 70, go. You'll probably be the you'll probably be the one delivering it to yourself. <laughs> oh gee, thanks. Oh, I better rethink that then. Holy yeah. smoke. Um well tell so so tell everybody then where they can find your podcast 
mean i mean i'm sure they can find it everywhere but and then do you guys have like a website or anything that people can get a hold of you if they got some stories they want to share yeah uh so it's called phantom faction uh you can find us on facebook and instagram like if you want to get a hold of us uh email is phantom faction at outlook.com and i'm more than happy to have uh some of your listeners on if they've got some stories to tell um what was I going to say? We're, we're, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and any podcast hosting site in the world, pretty much. Um, yeah, Phantom Faction Podcast. And we'd love yeah, I, to hope, to- I, I hope that, I hope our listeners, I mean, you know, the episodes of yours that I've listened to are, now I, I'm just gonna butter your biscuit a little bit. They're not nearly as entertaining as hearing your stories because I think your stories are fantastic. <laughs> but but the, but it's a great podcast. I mean, you guys, and I think you find that when you listen to none of us really have the same guests on. We we all have different guests, so that just goes to show you how many people have these experiences whether it's Bigfoot or, or little people or ghosts or UFOs or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's awesome to hear, hear people sharing this stuff on all these different platforms. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, if you're here listening to your podcast or my podcast, you're there for a reason. It's cause you love it. You're interested in it. You know, you like to get the scares or whatever, but yeah. And we're based out of, uh, uh, Southwestern Ontario, Canada. And like I said earlier, most of our listeners are American anyway. So, <laughs> and most of our listeners are check Canadian. us out. What the heck is going on? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I hope I hope everybody does go and um, not only orders a book and starts starts putting you guys on their uh, podcast list uh, of stuff to listen to. For sure. You know, I mean, I. Uh, I, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna start listening more often to the uh, um, see the ghost stuff, man. It just it I think I've got friend well a good friend of our podcast. He's a good friend of mine. He, we've had him on our uh, we have a show that's a little bit more funny in the middle of the week. He does he doesn't like it. He, this is this episode is gonna freak him out because he doesn't like the ghost stuff. Oh. He doesn't like the because he's like that stuff can happen in my house. He goes, I know Bigfoot's not going to be in my house, but he goes, I could, there could be a ghost in my house. And I'm well, just yeah. remember there's spirits everywhere, right? <laughs> well, Post office, subway. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Exactly. The best, the it, best Western. The best, <laughs> the best Western. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, Dan, I'm so glad that you, uh, that you were able to come on and, and share your experiences and, uh, yeah, it's um, fun. Yeah, I'm I'm glad, and I encourage everybody go get a, a copy of Strange Happenings, and go watch the Phantom Faction, or go listen to the Fa- Phantom Faction uh, podcast. And uh, if you guys have have any stories that, um, I mean, first you got to share them with us, with me, um, then we can. Sh- then you can share with Dan. There we go. <laughs> don't, for, don't forget about us poor Canadians. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, well, Dan, hey, uh, I can't thank you enough. And um, 
I'm sure uh, we'll stay in touch and uh, absolutely. Um, maybe we can, like I said, we'll get the judge uh, make an appearance on your show and, and yeah, tell some of his I, stories. And, I want to uh, get the judge on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll, uh, he will uh, entertain your audiences for sure. So. Awesome. Awesome. For sure. Thank so, you for having me. And uh, hey. I'm going to have to check your podcast out too. Yes, yes, yes. We're, we're, uh, we're always taking new listeners. So awesome. <laughs> so, 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 well, thanks a lot, Dan. And we'll, uh, I'll, uh, make sure that we get, uh, some links up to your stuff on our, uh, social media. So, uh, well, it's easy for people. They don't have any excuse then. There you go. <laughs> so, all right. Well, Hey, thank you so much. And, uh, we'll talk to you later. Awesome. Thanks. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.